You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Mark Hopper. Hey, I want to invite up my friends Mark and Kara Harper. Um, come on up, please. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark, Mark and Kara lead a church called Impact Rock in Erie, Colorado. And it is an awesome church, a church that we have been in uh, multiple times and seen God do just amazing things. Um, they were in a, a facility at one point for quite some time and doing uh, Saturday church. And, um, and then, man, the Lord just blessed them with this facility that they have just built out and uh, made their own and and are doing just amazing things through the facility and through the ministry God has given them. Uh, So Mark and Kara have three kids that are kind of the ages of our our first batch, our older kids. Um, And um, we're praying for their daughter Cadence, who's getting scholarships for soccer, that that she'll pick a school near us so she can be (laughs) here here with us. Um, But Mark and Kara um, carry a tremendous gifting, not only as pastors, but prophetic gifts and Kara is a worshiper and um, they are amazing friends to Vanessa and I and to our church. And so um, we invited them to come out to the GTT this weekend with NCMI and and, and the partnering um, kind of uh, event that we had here. And we just thought it'd be amazing for them to to hang around and and minister with us this morning. And so um, Mark is a Raider fan, just so you guys know. Um, So, so, yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so just know, living in Denver, Colorado, that is not easy. That is not easy being a Raider fan in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I think Kara is still d- debating on w- whether she's a Raider fan or not. But <laughs> uh, but, but, but Kara is a soccer player. So anyways, um, I just wanted to turn this over to them, allow them to minister, and let's just be blessed. So thank you guys so much. And I'm going to have you say hi first before you turn anything over to that guy. Awesome. Good morning, guys. Uh, we are so happy to be here. We, this is our home away from home, and our kids actually get mad because we don't ever tend to bring them. They're always busy or money or time or whatever, so next time we'll try to bring them with us. But uh, we love all of you. We love over the years seeing similar faces that we've seen before and new faces, and just the presence of God is so thick and so rich. And I just want to encourage you this morning. I saw a picture of a soldier. Um, And I was reminded of Ephesians where it talks about the armor of God and we don't need to go through all the pieces, but all the different pieces that protect different parts of the body. And the soldier that I saw, it was the old school heavy metal. I don't even know how they walked in it, just real thick, um, real intricate and real heavy. Um, And I was like, Lord, what are you showing me for Restoration L.A.? You guys are doing a spiritual battle. You are making a difference in this city, in this region. You are taking ground. You are fighting battles that you don't know you're fighting because you're doing what we do as lovers of God. We pray, we intercede, we touch, we minister, we help, we cook meals for people, we love on people, we stop at the local grocery store and we have compassion for people when we're out and about. And those things, that's the armor of God. You're going out and you're fighting those battles with the word of God, with the passion that you have and the gifts that he's given you. But how that works is because of the flesh that is behind the metal. That fleshly heart that each one of you have and that you have as a church, that's what makes it work. It's that connection to God. So I just want to encourage you. Sometimes we get so in the battle and we're declaring, we're doing all these things and it's good and God's moving. But if we forget there's this heartbeat that is from God and for God and that passion and that intimacy connection that happens out of the battlefield when it's, when it's not busy and chaotic and all of that, but it's, it's in your room, it's in your closet, it's in your car, it's tears, it's vulnerability, it's raw. And it's a part that we don't like because it's hard. But that's, that's the heartbeat of this church. You guys are a raw church. And I mean that in a good way. You guys are just raw. You're, you're just, you just love God. There's no pretentious. There's no, come look at this beautiful thing we've built. It's like, we love Jesus and here we are. Everybody's welcome. And so I just want to encourage you individually, but also as a church to remember it's about that heart, that connection, that intimacy with the Lord. And out of that comes the victory. Out of that comes the, the biblical principles that we're driven by and the power and the unity. But it's, it's, it's that heart. And so keep it up. You guys are doing great. 
every time we come here, we just feel the presence of God. We feel the love. We feel accepted. And well done. Well done, you guys. Yeah, you can sit down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hi, everybody. Uh, I send love on behalf of Impact Rock Church. Um, and not just the, the eldership team and, and the leaders there, but everybody, um, we love y'all. Um, and, uh, and so the church was excited that we were coming out here and getting to be with you guys because they know that that's like medicine for our souls, that we come back better. We come back uplifted and we come back encouraged and we come back, um, having laughed and having cried and worshiped. And just been together. And our togetherness is just so valuable. So um, we love y'all. Uh, I want you to know that um, at Impact Rock, we have three um, like primary gifts, primary relationships that we say, these are the three relationships that, um, that they know everything about us. They know what, what our struggles are. They know what we're going through. They know what we're believing God for. And we invite those gifts to come in on a regular basis. And, and Jody and Vanessa, they're, as a couple, they're one of those primary gifts. And we have three. And we're lucky that, that Tyron Daniel um, lives in our town. And so he's one of those gifts. And, and we see he uh, and Nicole all the time. So um, we're blessed. But we love y'all. Um, yeah, it's good being, <laughs> I would do this, but then like I'm holding the mic because it looks funny, for, but um, we've got to stay with the, with the furloughs. Ken and Annette are wonderful hosts, and um, I, I thought about part of my message as Ken and I were just sitting outside yesterday, just talking, just being together, and we talked about everything from college football to pro football to Prince to food to what, what the Lord had done this week to our families, to our marriages and our wives. And that's the way it's supposed to be, just doing life together and enjoying life together. And in that, we grow together. Um, but there's got to be that intentionality of, hey, I value you, so let's do some time together because time is one of the most precious things I have and I'm willing to share with you. So let's always be generous with that. Um, I just want to take a second and pray. Uh, Lord, uh, you're so good. And you just have the coolest things for us. Um, and you're so generous. And we just want to be like you. So, Lord, we just open ourselves up to receive your generosity today, to receive whatever it is you want to give us, knowing that there's nothing generic about it. It's unique and personalized to each one of us. So we prepare our hearts to receive, and we set our expectation to receive something unique and specific from you. Lord, uh, I yield to you because I want you to have your way. Lord, we yield to you because we want you to have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, there's something valuable in like that patient pause before the Lord. And I love that, that God is so opportunistic that he just seizes it. If we'll give him just a moment, he'll seize it. Just pausing and saying, Lord, I've been doing a lot of talking. Um, what's on your mind? And just sit back and just listen for a while. Lord, I feel like you're saying this. Is that what you're saying? Or is that just me, Lord? Is that, okay, I'm, I believe it's you. And just, just being patient before the Lord. So. so I got some questions for y'all. I love candor. Do you guys know what candor is? Candor is like to the point, like direct, you know, like the British are candid. You know, I, I love like you'll watch like a movie and there'll be like a room full of people. Right. And like one British guy will say to another British guy, um, we need to talk. Would y'all excuse us, please? And what he means is all of y'all leave the room and he and I are going to stay. In America, what we do is be like, bro, come here, like, come here. And then like we leave the room. Dude, I totally want to be British. One of those days I'm going to do it and be like, hey, can y'all excuse us? I'm like, dude, how awesome is that? We don't do that. We need to do that. I'm... So I got some questions. Are you teachable? Really? Like, I mean, are you really? Are you teachable? Is that a value you possess? I want to learn. I want to be taught. I don't know it all. 
I want you to gauge your response to my questions, by the way. I want you to give note to the feelings it evokes and the thoughts. I want you to take inventory. Teachability is an incredible trait of maturity. And we see in scripture that our growth doesn't come to a satisfactory point. We are constantly growing. Teachability is an incredible trait of leadership. Man, our parents, our kids need to see that we're teachable. Church leaders, the church needs to see that we're teachable. Legendary teacher and basketball coach John Wooden had this to say. He said, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. So I got an even more candid question for you. How well do you take correction? I'm not talking about easy correction. I'm not talking about like, like factual correction. I'm not talking about, you know, me talking, going, well, you know, Hank Aaron hit, hit 800 home runs. And then Ken says, well, actually, Mark, uh, he hit 755. And then I'm going, 755? Yeah, 755. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> Hank Aaron hit 755 home runs. That's easy. That's easy. That doesn't sting. No, I appreciate that. I value that. I'm not a fool. I don't want to go around saying he hit 800 when he hit 755. I value that. But what about this? What about something real? What about something that doesn't wound, but it does sting? What about something like, uh, hey, sister, um, I love you, and this is hard for me to say, but uh, I saw and I heard the way that you spoke to your husband. And I'm just letting you know, it was dishonoring. And I saw the way his whole countenance changed. And it, it like I could tell, like it, it crushed him. And, and it's not like, that's not going to bear the kind of fruit that you want in your marriage. I know you, and I know you love your husband. I'm just letting you know, maybe you didn't see the way it crushed his spirit, but I did. And, and I just... It was harsh. It was harsh. It was dishonoring. What about this? Hey, hey, brother, I know things are tough here at work. I, I know it's been especially hard for you. I think it's harder for you than for a lot of us. But when you were getting that stuff off your chest and all the dudes were around, that wasn't just you venting. That was you gossiping and that was you causing disunity among this place. And I know the boss can, he's got his issues, but I'm just telling you, man, that doesn't glorify Christ. What about that kind of correction? How do you do with that? Now, I do want to say that good communication has, has three points, three, three parts, and they all have to be present. It has to be message, timing, and delivery. Any, any communication, message, timing, and delivery. And they all have to be on point. The message has got to be good, not passive-aggressive, not mean-hearted. The message has got to be factual. The timing's got to be good. Those things I mentioned, you don't do that in a group. That's dishonoring to somebody to do that in a group. You don't do that. You don't do that to a man in front of another man or in front of his wife or in front of his kids. That's... Timing's brutal if you do that. You don't do that for a woman. You don't do that for any... You don't honestly... You know, timing matters. And then delivery. You know, I can say it authentic and I can say it loving. Or I can say it mean. Or like a know-it-all. So how do you guys feel right now? Uneasy? Uncomfortable? Maybe a memory has gotten stirred up? Maybe fear? So I, I, I think... Sometimes the Lord allows things to get stirred up because he's like, I just want, man, I just want to touch that with love. I want to touch that with healing, with grace. So here's, here's the thing, y'all. This message is not going to be about us being blank, whatever it is. Uh, being, you know, teachable or correctable or all these things. This message is going to be about 
us letting God be God and us not resisting. It's going to be about us being teachable, yes, for sure, but not because we're the great students. It's about us being teachable because we have the most trustworthy teacher. He's so patient. His timing, always perfect. Most of the time we don't like it, but it's always perfect. The message, always truth and always love and always grace. And the delivery, amazing. You guys remember uh, that old Steve Martin movie, The Jerk? You guys remember that? There's a scene where he's like, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. I don't need anything except for this paddle toy. I don't, other than this, I don't need anything. And he starts walking out and he's like, and maybe this lamp. But all I need is this paddle toy and this lamp and this stapler and this thermos. And he starts walking out, and then, like, the movie poster has it with all this junk, because he's like, I don't need anything. I don't need any of you, except this and this and this and this. I think we're like that. I think we, we have stuff that we're like, hey, I'm, I'm an open book. You can talk to me about anything. Except you can't talk to me about my marriage. That's none of your business. You can, uh, other than that, we can... Well, other than that, and my kids, of course. My kids are like an extension. You can't talk about my parenting. You can't address my parenting. You can't talk about my kids. But other than that, my, my spouse and my kids. Well, and it goes without saying we can't talk about politics. I don't, I, or religion, or money, or, where, 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 I mean, where does that list end? And I want us to know that we're not just withholding that list from each other. It's my experience, and you, you gauge you. You read your heart. It's my experience that if we have that list with our brother and our sister, who else do we have that list with? With the Lord. Lord, you're free to touch any part of my life you want except for this. So here's, here's the thing I want to encourage us with. And if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Everything we need is found in Christ. Every bit of instruction, validation, love, grace, it's all found in the Lord. And he's completely trustworthy. And he, in his brilliance, he's brilliant. He has the most strategic mind that's ever lived and in his brilliance and in his plan, which was God's plan, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, in their plan, it includes you and me. That's his, that's his brilliant plan. It includes us. It welcomes us. It invites us. And it includes us in his plan. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 14 and 15, and then I'll read a bit more. I'm reading this out of the New King James, um, and I just want y'all to hear this. I want you to hear the verbiage. I do not write these things to shame you, says Paul. I don't write them to embarrass you. I don't write them to shame you. But as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. So... I begin every message the same way. Every message. Lord, what do you want to say to your people? And I sit and listen. And in doing so for this, I heard the word fathering. And I thought of this verse. I'm like, oh, that's I, that. And so I continued that, and the Lord started unpacking that for me. Fathering. So I want to read... Uh, the same verse I read, but I want to read it a bit more. So I'll read 14 through 17, and this is in the Passion Translation. I'm not writing this to embarrass you or shame you, but to correct you as the children I love. Now, if I could stop right there. How, how many of us would stop listening at that point because you're like, I ain't no kid. You talk to me like a man. Talk to me like a child. I, like, how many of us, we, like, 
we missed the good part because our flesh or our pride or our fear or our hurt or our past experience immediately popped up and we missed the truth of me saying, the one I love. I'm talking to you as, as that precious one that I love. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to just make you mad. I love you. That's why I'm being direct with you. I love you. For although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong, you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. But I'm a true father to you. And I became your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Jesus, the anointed one. So I encourage you, my children, to follow the example that I live before you. Follow the example that I, that I live right, right in front of you. It's not some secret relationship. It is out in the open. This is how I live my life. And I want you to follow this example of how I live my life. That's why I've sent. Now listen to this cool. This is cool. Paul's been talking about fathering and children, right? So then he says, that's why I've sent my dear son, Timothy, whom I love. He is faithful to the Lord Yahweh and will remind you of how I conduct myself as one who lives in union with, with Jesus. So that's twice now that that theme has come up. Union with Jesus. Union with Jesus. The anointed one. And the teachings that I bring to every church everywhere. Now before two-thirds of you check out, because you're like, I'm not a dad. I'm a woman. I'm a teen. I'm, you know, single, whatever. Before you check out, I, I, I want to bring this in. I, I, in talking about fathering, what if what if fathering is this? What if these, the intentional actions of any man, woman, boy, or girl to represent the traits, values, truths, and love of Jesus Christ to any other man, woman, boy, or girl? What if fathering isn't about the father, but what if fathering is about the father? What if father is not about me as a father? Or what if father is not about this dude who's trying to father me? But what if it's about this young lady who's reminding me of my heavenly father, pointing me to Christ in love and in grace so that the father is glorified? What if that? Is that bigger thing that we're supposed to be seeing here? Fathering. Fathering would be similar to Jesus scene. Right? It's not, it's not a word yet. It's not a word yet. We can make it a word right here and now. Like we can make fetch happen. Okay. We can make like Jesus scene happen. Fathering. See, I, th I think too often we just, we set our sights on ourselves. We make it about us or we make it about someone else. And it's so stinking easy to make it about our, our hurts or our pride or our fears. Paul gives some curious instruction. Imitate me. Isn't that curious? It's not the first time he does it. He does it a lot. Imitate me. He says, I, I fathered you. I pointed you to Christ. I, I, I pointed you to the goodness of the Father. Through the completed work in the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And what I'm about is that. So follow me. That's all I'm about. So follow me. Imitate me. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's the epitome of fathering. You notice that like, like the Godhead, they just rave about each other, just rave about each other. Jesus did everything the father told him, raved about the father, talked about how good the father was. And then before he left, what does he do? He raves about the Holy Spirit. Hey, it's better that I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come and you're going to love the Holy Spirit. 
He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to remind you of everything I've said, everything I've done, and raves about him. What does the father do? Raves about his son. This is my son, whom I love. In him I'm well pleased. He's awesome. I've given him the name above all names. I could use that in my life. I could use someone just constantly reminding me that our God is good. See, if we took a poll, we said, how many of you guys had just the most phenomenal, stellar father? The hands that went up would be in the minority. There would be hands, there would definitely be hands that go up. I imagine Matthew's hand would be one of the first. His dad's awesome. Love his dad. But his hand would be in the minority. Most of us would say, I, I love my dad, but he, I mean, he wasn't a great dad. Why does that matter? Why do I say that? Because that, that we're, we're people, we're human. That's going to taint how we, every time we hear the word father, that could taint what we believe about the father. Because that's our example. So when we hear about fathering, we're like, no thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, though. Thank you, no. I'm good. Brothering, give me brothering. Sure, I'll take brothering. But I don't want fathering. And I'm sorry. This isn't a buffet, man. You don't get to pick and choose. This is the word of God. We have to look to it and say, Jesus, I don't understand this truth. Would you unpack this for me? Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me right now into this because I don't get this, but I'm not going to dismiss this because I don't like this. Imitate me. You know who Paul learned directly from, don't you? Learned directly from. Let's look at Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 1, and I'm going to read 11 and 12. This is Paul talking. Galatians 1.1, from Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He just gets straight to the point. This is verse 1. My apostleship was not granted to me by men, for I was appointed by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Down to verse 11. Beloved ones, let me repeat emphatically. That the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So when he says, follow me as I follow Christ, we can follow him. Now, I will say this. Um, I get really uncomfortable in the subject of, of fathering if I think of just some random dude doing it or some random woman doing it, I do. I get incredibly uncomfortable. Now, if you tell me it's a brother who I've known for 11 and a half years, a sister who I've known for 11 and a half years, who we've been through life together, the hard things, the fun things we've celebrated, we've cried, we've done through life, and you talk about them fathering me, when I know their love for me and I know we've done life together yeah. every day of the week, every day of the week, twice on Sunday, bring it on. Father me, father me, father me. So church, how well do you reflect the generosity of our father with the giving of your time to one another? Because we don't gain closeness without that intentional time together without breaking bread together without laughing together without enjoying ourselves together without being together I mean um, normally when I come out you know I stay with the Romeros this time he, I, I stayed with the furloughs and I thank God I did because we've I've gotten to know them better I've, I, honestly I've grown to love them more and we've enjoyed ourselves by having time together. Before we pick up this mantle to Father, ask yourself, are you generous with your time to that, that person that you feel this prompting of the Lord to, to Father, to care for, to point to the Lord? Because that's, man, what a generous gift, your time. 
What a generous, when's the last time you're like, you know what? We always have leftovers. We don't need leftovers. Who can we invite to dinner to break bread with us and not worry about leftovers? Just so we can be together. Follow me as I follow Christ is what Paul said. And, and Paul was known as the Pharisee of Pharisees, the Jew of Jews. He's like, I was the tops. And he's not saying, follow me in my ability to check off the checkboxes and my ability to keep the law. Follow me in those abilities as I follow Christ. That's not what he's saying. This is about the condition of the heart. Now, with it being about the condition of the heart, will you be honest with yourself for a minute and say, there's fear that I need to give to Jesus because when we talk about this type of closeness or this type of fathering, that scares me a little. Or is pride rising up? I, I, don't, need, I don't need anybody. I don't need anything except this lamp. It's pride rising up. I don't need nobody. I don't, I don't need no fathering. I, what about hurts? I want you guys to know, in early, like at the end of October, because I missed Halloween and the kids coming by, and I borrowed a friend's condo, and I went up to grieve some things with the Lord. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'm like, when my dad died, I had to be strong for my mom. When, when my daughter was, my oldest daughter was going through some really difficult things, I, I had to be strong for my wife. I had to be strong for the family. When this happened at church, I had to be strong for the church. And then I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't grieved any of this stuff. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve. For they will be comforted by me. So I haven't allowed the comfort of the Lord to, to tend to my soul because I've refused to grieve. So I, I got away. And I just, first day I did a lot of talking, a lot of talking. I even told the Lord, I'm going to talk for a while. So if you can hold your comments to the end. <laughs> I got a lot to say. And you know what the Lord said? I'm all ears. And I, and I just sit there and shared. And I just said, Lord, um, uh, this, that, and the other. I mean, some of the things were, Lord, you know, I hear people say they're proud of me, but I, my dad rarely said he's proud of me. Lord, I thought my daughter was going to die. Lord, I thought she was going to die. And, and I, I, I was helpless. And as I was speeding, you know, and I just started, <sighs> I just started like recapping these things. I'm like, Lord, like, when my wife cried and I could, all I could do was hold her, it, it was, I felt so helpless. Lord, I'm supposed to be strong and I felt so helpless. And so I just talked, like I just got all this stuff out. And then I said, okay, Lord, do you have anything to say? And there was nothing. So I said, okay, I'm gonna, Lord, I'm going to give you about an hour. <laughs> and then I'm going to go in because I brought my computer and I got some work to do. <laughs> so I gave him an hour. And he didn't have anything to say. And I worked and it was wonderful. It was, then the next morning I got up and I said, Lord, do you have anything to say? You know what he led with? I'm proud of you. That's what he led with. How awesome is our God? And then he started talking about these things and he's like, I was there. And he's like, man, I'm sorry you were hurting. And, and he just responded and I got to grieve and I just, I bawled because I, I didn't bawl then. I cried because I didn't cry then because I had to be strong. And I just grieved these things. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed are those who trust Jesus enough to grieve with Jesus, to include and invite Jesus into their grief, for they will be comforted. And I was comforted. When we sat here at the GTT this week, I turned to my wife and I said, baby, this is the healthiest I've ever been at one of these things. This is the healthiest I've ever been at one of these things. I told her, I'm like, I don't need anything. I don't feel like I need a word from the Lord. I don't feel like I'm just, I'm just loving being with the Lord. I don't feel like I need anything from him because he's healed me. That's the God that we can be 
vulnerable and authentic and real with, but not if we're, we refuse to be intentional with. Now, maybe you don't have the chance. Can I get a tissue, baby? Otherwise, I'm going to be sniffing the whole time. Maybe, maybe your schedule doesn't allow you the chance um, to get away. Thank you, my love. Um, you know, for three or four days like I had. But can you, can you parse it out? Lord, today I'm going to just do a whole lot of talking and then I'm going to be pretty overwhelmed and I'm going to need a break. But then tomorrow I'm just going to listen. Like, do we talk to God that way? Because we really should. Lord, I, I want to talk and then I, I, I'm going to be overwhelmed. So I'm not going to be listening. <laughs> Which he knows anyway. Okay. For this church to be who God's called you to be, you've got to embrace these things that I'm talking about today. Because I'll say this first and foremost, you have a, a pastoral team that shepherds you, that is trustworthy, that I'm saying... Follow them as they follow Christ. Follow Steve and Jessica as they follow Christ. Brett and Kathy, Ken and Annette, Jody and Vanessa, follow them as they follow Christ. If they father you, commit in your heart. If they correct you, how about let's forget, correct. If they correct you, I guarantee they're going to do it with love. And they're going to do it because they're committed to you. And this isn't some short-term thing. We're supposed to be invested in each other's lives. So purpose in your heart right now not to be offended. Purpose in your heart that if, if pride rises up, that you're going, okay, I guess I got to deal with pride. I don't know how to deal with pride. Brother, how do I deal with pride? When you When you... When you corrected me, a part of me appreciated it. A part of me, I just, I felt attacked and, and it wasn't you attacking me, but can you help me with that? Can you pray through this with me? I don't want to feel that way because you didn't attack me, but I felt attacked. Does that make sense? And do life together, but follow them as they follow Christ. You cannot be the church God's called you to be if you, if you won't do that. So not just that, not just, so I point out the elders, right? I point out the pastoral team. If we won't follow one another, if we won't father one another, if we won't speak into the lives of one another, then we can't be who God's called us to be as the church. I remember one time, a group of guys together were hanging out and I wasn't reading the room right. And, and something like, some dude was like sharing, like something pretty vulnerable. And I just, I didn't read the room. So I said something funny or sarcastic or something. I was trying to be funny. And there was another dude across from me and he goes, <laughs> I'm like, fool, what do you mean? What do you mean? No. And, and, and he looks at me and, and he's like, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I didn't read the room. So a brother corrected me and he was right. I felt like a butt. I did. But it went away. That feeling faded. My pride faded. And I was able to, to then kind of be sensitive to what was taking place with this brother. I've had people correct me. Proverbs 12.1 says this, to learn the truth... You must long to be teachable or you can despise correction and remain ignorant. Who likes to be called ignorant? Did you guys go through a phase when you were a kid when you called people ignorant? Because like stupid was no longer, like you're like, you're stupid. And then later on, you're like stupid was like a little kid's word and you were bigger. Like you were at nine, you're like, you're ignorant. No one likes to be called ignorant. If we despise correction and teaching, we're ignorant. We lack the truth, the truth of, of, of who God wants to be in that moment of teachability. 
Anybody use a bank? Anybody bank? You guys bank? You bank. Okay. So the concepts are pretty simple, right? You, you bring money in and you leave it with them and that's called a deposit. Yeah, these aren't trick questions. I'm not, that, that, yeah. And you, and you make a deposit. You take money and you leave it there. That's a deposit. And you do that again and again. Sometimes they're big. Sometimes they're small. Most times they're small. <laughs> they're like, here's 40 bucks. And then there comes a point when you want to take money out and that's called a withdrawal. And that's the banking system. Are we making deposits into one another's lives so that when the time comes for us to make a withdrawal, we don't bankrupt the relationship? I mean, for real. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be much, you know, 15 bucks, 40 bucks, 20 bucks. It can be a coffee here, you know, a, a get together there, a text message there. It can be, hey, I didn't tell you this at church, but man, you crushed that, that guitar solo stuff. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome. Like, I was so worshiping by, by just hearing that. That was awesome, dude. I, I wish I'd have told you, but I just want to let you know now. Text, boom, deposit, boom. Encourage. Hey, I just want to encourage you. I heard you're going through something tough and I'm praying for you. And any scripture that comes to mind, I'm just going to send it your way because I'm praying for you. And I don't know exactly what to pray, but I know to send you scripture because we can always agree with scripture. Deposit, deposit, deposit. Hey, what are you doing? In and out. Let's go. Tommy's, let's go. Let's go. King Taco. Hold on. Deposit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that? What is that? What does it work out? So I guarantee this, if we're not making deposits, we're not going to feel that, that, that courage to make a withdrawal because we're going to focus on ourselves instead of on Christ. We're going to focus on our lack. Oh, I haven't, I haven't put in the work. Oh, I haven't given enough time. Oh, I haven't showed them how much I love them. So I can't speak into their life right now. And even that is a form of selfishness. So we got to make those deposits. So this, this stuff right here is not rocket science, but it is stuff that most Christians refuse to talk about. Dude, don't talk about my marriage. Why not? Why not? Because you know what? Is there a more valuable relationship you have than your bride, than your husband? Don't you want to uplift him? I mean, that's, that's a go-to question I ask dudes from now on. We get together, one of the first things, hey, how's your marriage going? Oh, it's going good. How's it going good? What do you mean by that? What, is, what does this going good mean? Let me look around the room, look around the room, read the room. Kids are gone. Dude, I'll even sometimes, I'm like, hey, I don't want details, but are you guys having sex? Uh, no. Okay, why not? Okay, now we're into something real. I don't care about what's keeping y'all, because I imagine this is affecting other layers of intimacy too. Like, we're supposed to do life together. So I, I need to wrap this up, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. So let me, let me paint this picture of you of fathering, just for those of us that had, had crummy fathers. This is the image I want you to see. It's, you know, like when, when there's a little baby and, and that baby's learning to walk, right? And, and you're encouraging it. You're like, I know it's, it's there. And so what's, you see that father, you lead down on the ground. Come here, come here, come here. Right? Come on. And the baby's all wobbly. And um, the baby gets up and, and it takes a step. Yes, you're doing awesome. And then what happens? They fall. And what do we do? Yeah, you walked. You're so awesome. Let me help you up. Let me back up. Come on. Come to daddy. Come do it again. And the baby walks and the baby falls. You're like, oh, you're doing so good. You're doing so good. Let me, let me lift you up. Come on. Come to daddy. And there comes a point where it's like, like the, the out of control thing. And they just fall in daddy's arms. Oh, or mommy's arms. That's our father all the time with us. Even when you fall, even when you are a rebellious little sucker, <laughs> that's still him. 
How wide, how far, how, how deep is his love for me? Even when we fall, he's like, come on, buddy. Come on, come on. Hey, you're doing, you're doing good. I know you just fell, but you're doing good. Come on. Let me help you up. Let me back. Come on. That's fathering. And if we will ask the Lord to help us be that, imagine what we'll be as a church. Imagine what we'll be as a person or a mom or a dad or a sister. Imagine who we'll be. All right, I'm land, let's land this quick. What do loving parents do? I actually looked it up. I'm like, I just want to see. So there's a Christian website that Tony Dungy, former NFL coach, you know, is a part of. And so I looked it up on his site. I think it's called like All American Dads. And, and so this is from there. And I'm like, oh yeah, this will preach. Number one, they love their spouse. Number two, they love their children. Number three, they grow up. They grow up. The parents. The parents grow up. And it said this, children don't want another buddy. They want a mom or a dad. They, they want someone who thinks things through, makes tough decisions, and engages life with responsibility. Someone they can count on. Someone they can trust. They are present. Said quality time is well and good, but quantity time is better. It says they teach, they correct, they discipline, they provide for. All of those things will preach. But I, I will say this, it, the first two will preach the most and we've seen it in Matthew 22. Then one of them, a religious scholar posed this question to test him, Jesus, to test Jesus. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus answered him, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it in, in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. You must love others in the same way you love yourself. Love God. Love others. And the order matters. Love God. Love God. I mean, this isn't rocket science. I love Ken more because points to, to close here. Empower this team to father you. It might even come down to saying, I give you the right to correct me. I just need you to hear that. But I, I need you to hear this also. Um, I know fear has kept some of y'all from getting close to people. I know fear has kept some of y'all getting close to, to your elders. I know hurts. I know you've been wounded. I think we all have, but I know some of your wounds don't mingle with the rest of our wounds. Some of your wounds are deeper. And you need this connection. You need fathering from one another. I know that pride is a barrier for some of us because we like to think we're pretty self-sufficient, that we know it all, that we have it all, that we don't need anything, we don't need anyone. And we do, every one of us. Can we stand up? And I'm just gonna pause for a minute and here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this message? What are you saying to me in this moment, in this time together? So I'm just going to be quiet, but, but y'all, take a second and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? Because I'm listening.
I think for some of us, the Lord is trying to pencil in a date with us for later on. I'm, I'm gonna want some time with you. I'm, I'm gonna want some time. I need you to make some time for me. I, I need it to be today. I need it to be tomorrow. We, I, this can't wait. And if the Lord is, if that's you, then just say, yes, Lord. And purpose in your heart when that time is. Like literally think about your schedule and say, Lord, I'm, I'm free it from seven to 10 tonight or whatever it is. For some of you, and this, this one will take a little bit more courage as well. He wants a response right now. He wants you to begin this healing process right now. And so he's wanting a step of faith. He's wanting an act of faith. And I don't think that's to everybody, but there are some folks he's like, I, I, I want this now. I just can't wait. So if we can do this, all eyes closed, except for, um, except for the pastoral team. Pastoral team, open your eyes. And if that's you, if, if you're like, yeah, that, I'm one of those, I, I think the Lord's wanting this to be addressed right now. I think that he wants to start that healing process right now. Would you just raise your hand and elders and wives, would you look around and see? So only the pastors are looking around. So identify those people. Thank you. Just raise your hand big if you're like, yeah. The Lord's asked me to respond right now. So I've got a couple. Thank you. So all right, pastoral team, you, you all have seen those? Okay, then, then you just respond to the Lord as, as you guys have. But that's, I just want to applaud y'all. We can all open our eyes right now. That intentionality of the Lord wants to start it now. And so it starts with, with my response to him. Hmm. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. And I don't even have an imagination big enough to, to imagine what you're doing because it's so unique and personal to every person. So Lord, I just pray healing and freedom. Lord, I thank you that this moment, Lord God, that you are calling the orphan into family, Lord God. You're calling the abandoned uh, into family, Lord. The, the hurt, the wounded, the rejected into family, Lord. And that means something. So Lord, I just ask Holy Spirit that you would even right now just begin healing, begin imparting hope where there has been no hope and imparting courage where fear has had way too big of a place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Jesus praise today. Awesome. Well done outstanding word such a good word outstanding word thank you so much mark um hey uh we want to um pray for mark and kara um we absolutely love this couple um they lead a church and um they have left that church with their eldership team to come here and, and bless us but uh we want to send them back home with uh, wind in their sails and so um yeah i would love for maybe um those of you who uh, feel compelled to come and pray with us some have, have you guys come and stand here with us and man i just would love if you have a prophetic word um speak it if you guys have a word of encouragement speak it um one thing uh, we were reminded about this last weekend at our at GTT is uh, pastors are probably some of the least encouraged people on the planet. And uh, as Mark was extremely vulnerable with us today, we, um, we carry a lot, we shoulder a lot, and uh, we will continue to do so without, without um, apology. But um, man, we always want to uh, remember our partnership. And so we value this couple as partners, as friends. Uh, um, and so we want to send them spiritually filled um, as they have left so much with us today. And uh, man, that their, their season ahead with Impact Rock and, and their church would just be amazing. And so, yeah, Ken, would you uh, kick us off, bro? Yeah, as you just said that, Jody, but let's pray for Mark and Kara. I just got the scripture, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And I just pray, Lord, over Mark and Kara, Lord, as they just 
operate in the overflow, Lord, just ministering your word, Lord, Father, in faith, Lord, but Lord, with such a tenderness of heart, Lord, I pray, Lord, um, uh, just as Paul, Lord, was in prison, Lord, and just, he was an encourager, Lord, but he also received encourage himself, Lord, and I just pray that, Lord, that Mark and Carol, Lord, be encouraged themselves, Lord, uh, that word to just cool one off, Lord. Let them feel that gentle breeze, Lord, that breeze, Lord, that just goes deep within their spirit, Lord, that allows them, Lord, to just operate in the overflow, Lord, of you, Lord, that you just blow strong wind into their sails, Lord, as Jody mentioned, Lord, that they may just know that they know, Lord, that the love of the Father, Lord, is so tender even with them, Lord, that they may just continue to bask in your presence, Lord. Let them enjoy your presence, Lord. Let them just glory in your presence, Lord, and let them minister in your presence more and more and more, Lord. You have so much more, Lord, for them, their family, Lord, um, their church, Lord, their community, Lord, nations, Lord, they, this couple, Lord, there's doors opening up for them, Lord, and we just thank you, Jesus, that uh, we've been so blessed and privileged, Lord, to have them in, Lord. What a gift, Lord. And we just thank you, Jesus, for what you have just anointed this couple with, Lord. In your mighty name, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, I got this picture of, um, I don't know, I've never been to a, like the country, but um, I know that there's land and, and maybe like there's roads off the grid. Um, but like when people own land, there's like this um, entry point where, uh, you know, there's a road, but there's like this arcway or archway where it says like, um, you know, the name of the family. And I saw the Harpers, but I saw like red, big red doors, almost like uh, there's been small doors and maybe almost feel like, you know, we, we've maybe you've seen them as opportunities and they've passed. Um, but God's like, yeah, because you're too big for those doors. Those doors have been too small. And on um, these doors that I see are they're, they're huge doors with black handles and they're like very intricate detailed um, woodwork but it's crazy because like the rest is like open filled and this road is leading into the property that you own and so it's almost like um, God is I believe God has made you grander than maybe um, what you've seen yourself in the past I know now God's opening up your eyes to see how huge you are but I see these as massive doors um, and and, on, and it's, I think they're massive doors not only um, that God has given you but I think it's honor I think God is honoring you um, because of the richness of the love that you have um, and and you're gonna be opening up these doors uh, for people um, that need opportunities and I think uh, that uh, you're gonna be giving people opportunities in this next season and I also believe um, the Lord wanted me to tell you that any door that's been open to Jody myself you can you can um, freely walk through those doors because that's how much we trust you and that's how much we believe that God has needed our hearts together I just felt as I was uh, laying my hands on you is that um, you've, you've counted the losses and the losses have been significant. Um, but the Lord would tell you today that he is going to restore everything that the enemy has stolen from you. He's going to restore everything that the enemy has stolen from you. Um, that the attacks that the enemy has uh, consistently bombarded the Harper family with, um, there's going to be a, a, a season of restoration. You're in a season of restoration. And that there will be, you are in the season of restoration. And restoration, sometimes it takes so much time to restore. But man, the, the beauty that is going to see on the other side of this. And so, Lord, we are thankful for the promises that you have made. We are thankful for um, those things that um, you have promised them that they have seen in the glimpse and Lord they, they, they have probably felt they are so far off but I just pray Lord like that zoom lens that everything will come into tight focus now tight focus God Lord and in this season they're going to be encouraged because they're going to see glimpses and, and, and uh, not just glimpses they're going to see this vivid images uh, of what you are showing them and what you're going to be giving them on this horizon just like uh, just right over the hill God and I just pray that it's that that causes them to run faster that it's 
it's that that causes them, Lord, to, to feel like a fresh wind behind them, God. And Lord, we just speak over the Harper family. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just know the promises that you have made over their children. We know the promises you have made over their children's spouses, their futures, God, their ministries. And Lord, we just pray that they will hang on to those things. And Lord, I just see, um, as I prophesied over you guys um, at, at um, Impact Rock and your table getting larger, uh, um, this your, your spiritual sons and daughters, there's going to be, I just see tape, uh, people just pulling up chairs, pulling up chairs, pulling up chairs, but it's going to be spiritual sons and daughters. And Lord, we say, yes, yes, God, those who will carry your heart, but also the heart of this couple, God, those who will love them like they have loved others, those who will serve them like they have served others, those who will be loyal to them like they have been loyal to others. Lord, not, not a man thing, Lord, just a kingdom thing, a kingdom thing in Jesus' name. Just as Jody was praying um, about running, I just got the scripture of, of running the race that God has marked out for you. And uh, just a second wind. And kind of like when you were talking about, you know, God having the little kids run to us. I feel like you guys are running this race, but as they have those watering stations, that Jesus is the one that's giving you the water as you come through. So just to continue to run hard, you know, there's going to be times when you get the side cramp, the shin splints coming, but he's there and he's, he's clapping for you guys to continue that race and to continue to and get that second win. And I just feel here that you've gotten that healing, you've gotten that endurance, you've gotten that race. And wherever point you're in that race is just to run and run focused with him. And he's the one that's going to be watering you guys well. Yeah, I just have this picture of, of families with their, like their hands connected. I think of the thing where there's like a picture of the world and it's like the kids thing where they have the little cutouts of people and their arms are linked. And just this picture of you guys are building an inheritance that's multi-generational, but that I just see kids. I see kids linking their hands all over the world. You guys are fighting for a foundation that, and an inheritance that kids will be able to know Jesus will be able to walk on firm ground because of some of the things you guys are fighting for in this season. And I see this picture of kids all over the world linking hands, families being linked together by this foundation, your family linked in this foundation of Jesus that you guys are fighting for in this season. And God is saying, stand firm. Your grounding is good. Stand firm because you are fighting a fight that is not just for you, not just for Impact Rock, not just for Colorado, not for Denver, but for kids and families all over the world. Um, as I was praying over you guys, I saw um, your wife uh, planting seeds on people's hands. And I feel like, you know, not the dirt, but giving them to their hands. And I feel like your openness and your humor and your vulnerability will have so many people coming to you and you are meant to touch so many people. And it all starts with that seed. And it all starts with that seed, giving them that seed. And that's what I saw. Uh, Mark and Kara, I, uh, when I was praying for you guys, I got the word warmth. And um, I think there are a lot of frozen hearts where you are. And you guys know what it's like to be cold. It's not like here. You, you guys are real cold. Um, so you guys are real cold. And there are real frozen hearts um, where you are. And I think you guys bring a warmth. And warmth is going to melt those hearts. And, uh, you know, heat is often painful. It's going to be, you know, like you said, sometimes we, we got to get down. You got to get deep. But you guys know how to do that. And the Lord's given you the skills and the, uh, the attributes, everything that you need to be that warmth for people. And, you know, for anyone who's been really cold and then they find themselves, you know, wrapped by a warm blanket, you know, taking a hot bath, there's that peace that comes after that. And you guys bring that. Um, just as we were praying, I saw the word endurance. Um, so... I think it's awesome because we know people take a lot of endurance. So I just wanted to pray just uh, a measure of a fresh endurance. And I feel like God's already doing it. But um, Lord, we just, we thank you for this word endurance, God. We thank you for just every word, God, of, of you just uh, bringing this morning over the Harpers, God. And we just thank you for the deposits that you've been bringing to them in just their time with you and just their willingness to say yes and to sit at your feet and to be vulnerable and raw with you, God. We thank you for those, those beautiful times, God. And we just pray, God, um, we 
we pray just for a fresh measure of endurance to just pour down from heaven, God. We thank you for the growth that's coming. God, we thank you for the hearts that are hungry that are coming. God, we thank you for just all the things that you're going to do, God. And, and I just pray, God, that as they step into this new season, God, that they would feel a fresh endurance from you, God, that things that would make them tired or take up a lot of energy before God, it would be just so different in this season, God, that they would begin to rely on you in a different way, begin to just um, feel just a, a release of pressure, God, and even just uh, heavy burdens, God, lifted of the way they used to um, work in the past, God. But we thank you for um, for them, God, for the work they're doing, God, and just uh, for these wonderful words this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, yeah, just, just quickly, um, as we were praying, I've seen a tables, uh, surgical tables, um, and uh, I was just asking the Lord because it was, it was a surgery. And um, just with the words and confirmation just this morning is just, uh, there's a heart transplant taking place, but there was multiple tables and I believe that that's the Harper family. And I believe that, that, that the Lord is putting in the work and he's giving you a new heart. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the old heart, but there's something new going, um, happening and going before you. And, um, but it, it, it's with the whole family as well. So it's not just something that you guys have to carry or something that's happening between you two, but it's the whole family. They're having a new heart and it's a, a new, God is doing something new within Impact Rock. Lord, we bless this couple. Uh, we bless Impact Rock. We bless Erie, Colorado. We bless the uh, state of Colorado. Um, Lord, we just uh, know that you have so much significant things in store um, through this couple, for this couple. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Hey, love you guys. Men, we'll see you on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Ladies, uh, 7 p.m. on Friday. Saturday, we have our two by two. Can't wait to see you all. See you soon. Have a great weekend.